Hey everyone, Jason here. So glad that you can tune into Sea Road Online from wherever you are tuning in from. We're so grateful and thankful to have you. I'm coming to you from my living room across the country in Red Deer, Alberta. Technology is a wonderful thing that allows us to stay connected in this season of physical distancing. We're in week number three of our series entitled The Miracles of Jesus. The first two weeks were absolutely phenomenal. If you've missed any of them, you want to go back to our website, centennialroad.com, and make sure that you catch up on those two talks. They're fantastic. It is well worth your time, and time is something that you and I might have a little bit more of these days as we're all mostly socially isolating from one another, physically distancing in some way, shape, or form. Week number one, Pastor Justin talked about the resurrection power of Jesus as Jesus raised a young girl back to life who had died. Amazing story, amazing implications for you and I today. Week number two, Pastor Roger focused on the power that Jesus has over the elements of nature. Really fantastic moment that you're gonna to wanna to be a part of, so make sure you catch up on those two. This week number three is about deliverance. That's not a word that we use very frequently in our culture and society today. So what does it mean? Basically, the word deliverance means rescue. A few years ago, we were a family with only three kids at the time. We were out on vacation, away someplace. There was an outdoor pool. There were three kids. There were two adults. We were outnumbered, and we had a moment of rescue. Bonnie and Sadie, our oldest, were venturing out into the deeper water, enjoying some water play time. Me and our two sons were in the shallow water, and before I knew it, Cannon, our middle son at the time, was, was wading out into the water to go play with his mom and his sister. And before he knew it, the water was rising on him. First it, it went over his mouth, and then his nose, and then his eyes, and before he knew it, he was in over his head, literally and figuratively. Thankfully, I was nearby and I was able to rescue my son from that moment. We have a great story to tell now, many years later. Sometimes you and I end up in those, one of those moments where we are literally or figuratively in over our head and we need to be rescued. And so today, my goal is simply to highlight the power of Jesus to deliver you and I from whatever we are facing in the moment, whether that's an addiction, a problem of anxiety, mental health-related challenges, work-related challenges, financial-related challenges, whatever it is, Jesus has the power to deliver us from that situation. If you've got a Bible with you, I want to encourage you to flip with me to Mark chapter 5. We're going to be looking at verses 2 through 20. If you don't have a Bible with you, I want to encourage you to pick up your mobile device, go to your app store of choice, and download the app, YouVersion, Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N. It's a fantastic Bible reading app. You'll be able to navigate your way to the book of Mark and read for yourself what I'm going to highlight in these next few moments. Verse 2 begins like this. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from a cemetery to meet him. This man lived among the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough 
to subdue him. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the living God most high? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, Come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, What is your name? And he replied, My name is Legion, because there are many of us inside this man. Then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the spirits begged. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside. Spreading the news as they ran, people rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there, fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. Then those who had been those who had seen what happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs. And the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus said, No, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. So the man started off to visit the 10 towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. This story's got two major parts, two acts, if you will. Act one is entitled Delivered From. Imagine this moment. You are one of Jesus' friends. You're in a boat with him. You've just seen him calm the storm, speak to the wind and the waves, and they obeyed him. And you land at this beach, you get out of the boat, and momentarily after your landing, this man who looks absolutely out of his mind comes up to Jesus, and they have this conversation about hope, about a deliverance, about a moment of rescue. This intense scenario is unfolding right before their eyes and they are experiencing as friends of Jesus the power that Jesus has over the nature, over life and death, and over the evil spirits that exist in our world. See, the truth is that good and evil have always been at war with each other. In fact, if you go back to the very beginning of human existence, when God created all that we know, all that we are, he looked at it and he said, it is good. And ever since that moment, his enemy, the evil one, 
has been trying to create chaos and havoc and destruction wherever he goes. The pinnacle of all creation are human beings, you and I. And it's this war that happens over all of creation that good versus evil is raging in that creates all the chaos and calamity that we experience today. This man, this man at some point in time previous to this moment had given himself over to the forces of evil. See, there is no Switzerland. There is no neutral territory in this battle. There are forces of good and there are forces of evil. There aren't forces of half good or half evil. They're either or. There's one or the other. There's light, there's dark. That's it. There's one of two sides. And you are either participating in the side, in the forces of good or in the forces of evil. Sometimes in the choices that you make personally, individually, or as a family, a group of people, and sometimes there are decisions that are inflicted upon you for whatever reason. Whether you've declared your allegiance to the forces of good or evil or not, this battle is still raging on in us, around us, and through us. Don't believe me? Have you ever been in a room full of young preschool-aged kids? Let's say you go into that room and there's four kids and there's one toy. What do you think is going to happen in that moment? There's going to be a battle of some kind over the most prized possession. There's a battle raging right now over you and me, the most prized possession in all of creation. This man was an example, this demon-possessed man was an example of the epitome of this kind of conflict. The good thing and the good news is this. In the end, good triumphs over evil. We win the war. The good wins the war. But there are many battles along the way where it doesn't feel like winning. As I said earlier, somewhere along the line, this man had given himself over to the evil forces. Whatever he did, we don't know. This story of the Bible doesn't tell us that specific detail, but we know that he was possessed by demons. We also know this, wherever the presence of Jesus is, the presence of the Lord, the presence of God, evil cannot exist. So that tells us that if we are following after the life that Jesus invites us into, we don't have to fear that we're gonna be possessed like this man. In fact, we're gonna be experiencing freedom. That doesn't mean we're gonna experience the absence of consequences of evil. In no way, shape, or form is that true. In fact, the opposite is true. We are gonna feel the pain, the suffering, the frustration, the questioning, the uncertainty. We're gonna feel overwhelmed a lot in our lives. But the truth is that good will triumph over evil every single time in the right moment and in the right way. Not only was this man possessed by demons, but he was also isolated. He would have been excommunicated from community because of fear. See, the text tells us that there was no one strong enough to subdue him. No one was strong enough to fight against the forces of evil on their own. Not a single person. They bound him with chains and with shackles. And still somehow this man found a way to fight through all of that, to break loose and create chaos. 
Imagine being a person who lived in one of the towns nearby, locking your door at night, wondering if this man who wanders the countryside is gonna burst into your house and create chaos and havoc, attack you, attack your family, attack and steal and kill and destroy. You'd be living in fear, wondering if there would ever be a moment, a new day, sometime when, when this wouldn't be the new normal. Enter Jesus, who happens to land on the beach close to where this man was. And immediately, immediately the man comes over to him, comes over to him and recognizes who he is and bows down. Because the forces of evil will always bow to the forces of good. In the end, good triumphs over evil even though in the moment it feels like evil is winning. This man who's possessed, the demons inside him cry out and say, don't send us away. Allow us to go into this herd of pigs that's close by. Don't just eradicate us or torture us. And so Jesus relents and allows him to do that. And then evil does what it always intends to do, kill, destroy, and create chaos. Think about the moments in your life, in my life, where we've made a decision that's less than awesome. I can remember such a time in my own life as a teenage boy, intentionally looking at some material that shouldn't be looked at. And I remember being busted in that moment by my parents. And remember the shame, the guilt, the frustration, the anxiety, all the, the emotional reality that I felt in that moment. The cool thing was that despite all of those consequences for my action in that space, I was rescued from every single one of them because that's the power of Jesus. He can deliver us from anything that has control over our lives. This man's life was controlled by demons. Somebody other than himself was in control. Things like addiction, things like mental health challenges, they can take control of our lives. Worry, doubt, fear, hopelessness, loneliness, isolation. These things can captivate our hearts and our minds to the point where we feel overwhelmed and in need of rescue. And it's in that moment, if we recognize that Jesus has the power to deliver us, there's freedom. There's freedom from everything that we're experiencing right now, today. In act one of this story, we see that Jesus delivers this man from a life of torture just like he is willing to deliver you and I from whatever we might be struggling with right now. In fact, think through it like this. What is it, what is it that you need rescued from right here, right now? Is it worry? Is it doubt? Concern about the future? Is it your own kids? Is it your job? Is it your lack of job? What do you need to be rescued from? We'd love to pray for you about that. If you want to find the courage to, to send us an email or comment in the section below. We want to 
We want to pray for you. If you want to be rescued, we want to partner with what Jesus wants to do in your life and through your life so you can experience deliverance on a deep level. Just like this man from our story. He was delivered from a life of hopelessness, from a life of no purpose to a life of hope. Act two of our story doesn't have as many verses as the first part, but is just as powerful. In verses 18, 19, and 20 from this chapter, we find the impulse, the overwhelming sense of gratitude that this man has for what he just experienced through the power of Jesus. And he wants to go with Jesus and follow him wherever he goes. He's willing to give up his life, his rights, surrender control, and say, Jesus, you can dictate every move forward from this moment on. And this man thinks it means getting in the boat with Jesus and going where Jesus was going. But instead, Jesus tells him to take his experience, everything that he's seen, everything that he's been through, and to go back to his friends and his family and the people that know him and tell them what God has done for him. See, when we experience a moment, a moment of deliverance, a moment of rescue, we're rescued from something so that we're rescued for something. What I mean by that is we are set up, we are restored, we are, we are allowed to experience freedom so that we can be used to help others experience freedom and hope in the same way. Maybe you're going through a difficult time in your marriage. At a prayer mentor friend of mine who spent an entire year separated from his wife. They didn't know how it would be possible for them to get back together after that year of separation but by God's grace and mercy and power, both he and his wife were willing to surrender their present and their future to him, and he restored the relationship only a year later. Lots of ups and downs, lots of hopes and dreams, lots of hurts and celebrations, and God worked a miracle in their life by delivering them from a life of separation to a life of togetherness. And now their story inspires so many other couples who are going through tough challenges. Whatever pain, whatever question, whatever concern you're facing right now in this moment, if you allow God to rescue you, he's going to use it as an opportunity for, for you to help rescue other people alongside of him and what he wants to do in their lives. We are delivered from something so that we can be delivered for something. Maybe that rings true with you today. Maybe it rings true with me. What is it that you need to be rescued from? Where do you need to experience freedom and deliverance? The God of the Bible is an all-powerful God, capable of doing anything if he can rescue this man from a life of possession, he can rescue you from a life of hopelessness to your addiction, your anxiety, your worry, your fear, or whatever else it might be. God is a God of hope. God is a God of miracles. And the miracles of Jesus remind us that there is a better tomorrow, even if today feels heavy and dark. I wanna encourage you to reach up 
Start there. Reach up. Ask Jesus to do the impossible in your life. Then I want to encourage you to reach out. Reach out. Tell somebody. Comment in the section below. Send us an email. Reach out to a family member, a friend member. Say, this is my struggle. This is my addiction. This is where I need to experience the miracle working power of Jesus to be delivered. And then reach in. Be patient with yourself. It's a process. It's a journey. It's an adventure to becoming who God has created you to be. The miracle working power of Jesus is alive today and available to you and me if we would only reach up, reach out, and reach in. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for the truth, the truth of hope. Thank you for the truth that you are more powerful than any other force that we will experience in this life. Father, thank you that there is freedom, there is rescue, there is deliverance in you. For anyone who is tuning in that needs those things to, to spring forth life in their, in their world, I just ask and pray that you'd meet them in the middle of their need. Remind them of who they are and invite them to experience hope. For anyone who does not yet know you, would they find the courage to explore who you are and find meaning and purpose in a life lived for you? And Father, I ask for the forces of evil that are trying to kill and destroy and maim and create chaos and fear that you would subdue them, that you would be victorious in every moment of every day because that is who you are. We pray this in your name, amen.